let's play the music. Yeah. So at the beginning of our our next round of fifty films, um, <laughs> I did some some Oscar baiting here, uh, and it did not might not have gone as well as we hoped. <laughs> Mutiny on the Bounty, nineteen thirty-five. What made you pick this? Um, quite a few different things. So that I I've seen that there were three different versions of this story, all called uh, yeah, Mutiny on the Bounty. This one. Mm-hmm. And there was one in the 60s with um, Marlon Brando and some other people. Yep. Um, and there was one in the 80s with Mel Gibson. The Bounty. And the, the Bounty. Um, and I've seen the one in the 60s. And I loved it. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant film. And um, everyone has always told me that the the oldest one, the one from the 30s, was much better and that, uh, several people were terribly cast in the 60s version and this one was much more realistic or something. Um, and I thought, that sounds great. Um, meanwhile, what else made me think of this? I think uh, after Journey to the Centre of the Earth, I was thinking <laughs> that there must be a better kind of adventure film than this. Um, and yeah, all, all of that all thrown in together and made, made me think, Go on then, I'll pick it. And Claire and I have, of course, been watching a, a bunch of black and white films from the 30s recently because, uh, Laura, you very kindly uh, gave Claire a box set for her birthday. Correct, correct. Um, and so all of that kind of rolled in. I thought, yeah, I'm ready for, for a good 30s film. Um, let's go for it. Uh, and how what did, did it, you think, Laura? How did it hold up? I... Uh... I really liked it. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Good. I thought it was very watchable. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, other guys? I also thought that. I I enjoyed it. I was I was ready to hate every second of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I hated very few seconds of it, and liked most of them. So yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty good. Oh, great. Fernando? Um, I did like it. Um, what else did I think? Um, was it trying to teach us something? Uh, oh. Ooh. Because no. if it did, then then I don't like it. I don't like moral <laughs> stories. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was entertaining. Uh, maybe, maybe the ending could have been a little bit stronger. Uh, yeah, the end was funny. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but it was it was it was a good film. Okay. Wait, did you all watch it with subtitles? I watched it with subtitles because I realized then again I couldn't <laughs> understand many of the things that were being said. Mm, you know what? I actually did them... watch it with subtitles. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a, a bit hard. Um, no, we didn't. I I got most of it. I, I watched see. it in the bath, so I needed the subtitles. <laughs> Brilliant. Because I couldn't hear it over the sound. Must have been very pruny being in the by bath. the end of it. I often am in my baths. They can last up to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at what point do you start like losing toes and stuff? That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I had a great uh, time. What in did the you bath. think of it, Michael? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I I kind of hated it. Um, <gasps> I. There were a lot of fe- I I was 
while I was watching it, I was thinking like, wow, this is nowhere near as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, as, so as I say, I've seen the version from the 60s, and that version is an epic. It's like three and a half hours long. It has these fantastic performances from some great actors. It's in like full Technicolor, one of these like 70 millimeter ultra widescreen things with an interval and an incredible score and wow. they like built a ship just for the for the film and all of that and it yeah that now watching this i thought they were kind of yeah the critics seemed to be saying oh and that had a load of fluff in it and the for the the <clears throat> real cutting edge decent stuff you want the stuff in the 30s and i found it quite quite silly in parts and quite shallow in parts um not a pun <laughs> uh, yeah so much so much toss um some of these crappy uh slapstick bits like the thing with the swinging lantern and oh they've got seasick <laughs> um and the guy throwing the the bucket overboard and it goes in his face and then he learns to check the wind to the, the sort of comedy relief characters mm. uh, and it it was like i'm trying to think it, it was like if you'd seen i don't know lawrence of arabia or i don't know ben hur or something and then you watched another version of it that had loads of stupid farce <laughs> and stuff in it and you'd be like this this is just not appropriate whatsoever <laughs> um so yeah in that sense i was quite disappointed i still thought it was a great story and I thought some of the actors did a good job. Um, and I, yeah, I've always been really interested in in this incident um, and the story behind it. Uh, so it was okay, but uh, it was nothing on nothing on that that nineteen sixties epic. Fair enough. That God, that epic sounds brilliant. The way you describe it, I want to watch that. It, um, I I think it's great. I've seen. Why the did bounty. you not recommend that? <laughs> well, because so I mean, this was another thing. I saw this this one from the thirties. I thought, hmm, some of us don't necessarily go for the fast talking black and white nineteen thirties war films, but also some of us definitely don't go for three and a half hour <laughs> um, naval epics. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, for me, a, a far superior film. And in in hindsight, I I wish I had picked it. Uh, but also, I'm glad that I saw a new film I've never seen before. So that's good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've seen The Bounty, the Mel Gibson. Okay. But it was so, how's that? Well, it was so long ago. I don't really remember it. But I think it was from the sounds of it more on the lines of the one that we just watched rather than the amazing epic. Like it's okay. Although it does have Anthony Hopkins in, which I assume yeah. is brilliant. I can't, I was so a child Anthony Hopkins, I, it, but... I imagine, is just brilliant in everything. Yeah. Oh, isn't he great? But I think it's quite silly. I can't remember. So this is really not worth me bringing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's definitely worth bringing up. That, this is the missing piece of the puzzle. Um, so I've heard that that was like also not the greatest film, but was more historically accurate oh, interesting. than the, the two that I've yeah. seen. I, I don't know the original uh, story, so I couldn't say. But they do have... Mel Gibson has a really terrible British accent in it. Oh no! That's what I do remember. <laughs> so he's Australian, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he is Australian. So. Yeah. Okay, I thought he did quite a good uh, English accent as Hamlet, uh, but I guess that was a bit later. So maybe he'd uh, 
Yeah, did a pretty got there by then. good English accent in Braveheart as well. <laughs> 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 oh no, she didn't. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so okay. So the mutiny on the bounty. <laughs> um, yeah, this was this was a, a thing that really happened. We'll get into in a in a little while how how close this was to the real thing, which mm. I've I've read about quite a lot over the years. Because um, it, I don't know, it's just a, a really interesting story, quite a an amazing adventure. Um, did you did you all find the that sort of thrilling twists and turns story interesting mm. the men pushed to breaking point by I the thought, wicked sea captain was that good i don't think it was necessarily like the twists and turns it was just there was a believable baddie that you could root against and a charismatic hero that you could root for and then it yeah. was all just nice. I agree the comic relief was useless. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, it was just a good guy versus bad guy does the thing that's technically wrong but morally right. Go him. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd be interested to hear what Fernando in particular thinks about the mutiny and its moral ah, yeah. justification. Because you always produce very interesting insights on these issues. Uh, well, I thought it was wrong. Um, mm, interesting, but I also thought that all his in the, all his decisions were just also pretty. Um, like he maybe was not thinking um, straight. I mean, why would he go back to? Um, with Tahiti, um, did he not expect uh, the British Navy to ever go back and find him? Mm-hmm. Uh, did he? Uh, it seems to me that he always knew that he was coming back because before, even before they left the the island, he wanted the message. He wanted her to know. I guess he wanted his friend to translate and tell her that he was absolutely coming back, and there is no way that um, he could have had that certainty unless he already knew that he was um, um, that he was what? Um, going planning to instigate it. this mutiny. Yes, that, that mm-hmm. he was already planning this mutiny. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if, if that part of the film is also accurate then i'm not sure what is the mm, what is the if his motives were um totally justified and sincere and even if they were justified i think it was just plain wrong interesting okay you think just mutiny itself is is completely out Mm. Or just that it wasn't so bad that it was enough to justify it. Uh, well, I think well, maybe mutiny in some cases is is justified. Um, it the, the even though they were poorly treated, I think they could have just 
waited a little bit and maybe complained back in England. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess, I guess then yeah. my, what, what I think is uh, what they went through, even though it was terrible, maybe it did not completely fully, fully justify mutiny. And it, it certainly did not justify their, as in the, the way that they handled the mutiny. And it seemed to me that um, part of the reason they were doing it is just because they were, they somehow fell in love with the, the, uh, the way of life and the hitty and yeah. they wanted to go back. Um, and I wonder if they had got to the hitty and hated the place, would they still have, um, or, risen against uh, the captain. Um, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they hadn't had somewhere beautiful to go back to. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe they did. Yeah. Well, mm, interesting. I think they were quite worried that the that a lot of, the, you know, a lot of his actions of Captain Bly were resulting in the deaths of the crew. So does that yeah. not justify it a little bit that they were, they probably, sa- he, I mean, on the one hand, they were sort of trying to save lives possibly, but then they did send all of the men to their certain deaths in those boats. But then that was their choice yeah. kind of, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they told them you can stay on board if you want. And they yeah. gave them a sextant. They gave them True. some food, some water yeah. and they did manage it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you're you're right. It was causing deaths, wasn't it? He keel hauled the one guy, yeah. um, resulting in his death, and he had cut water rations for everyone drastically in yeah. a way that was was causing deaths. The the doctor had died um, from exhaustion from being summoned up yeah. on deck. Uh, Those prisoners yeah, were was... pretty close to the edge. Prisoners yeah. who did, uh, yeah unjustifiably imprisoned in the hold. Wait, but yep. then kill hauling was uh, an acceptable form of punishment back then, I think. As in, he did not do it, it being an illegal punishment. Uh, or was no, it? No, I think it was, I think it was pretty extreme, but he, he was, I think this is part of the problem that the captain is the law on board and he is uh-huh. basically uh, given the authority to, to, carry out any punishment that he wishes um so I, I think it was within the law so what we were saying is that he acted within the law and maybe <laughs> there was a problem with the law and with yep. this uh mm, miscarriage of uh, maybe the rules um mm-hmm. But I guess that somehow justifies the what happens at um, court back in England, where they basically decide that he was. Uh, what 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 happened in the court? I, I think they basically said you're right, but then we, as in you were technically right, but we disapprove of the way that you handled the situation. Is is that what happened? Yeah, he was rebuked. He was. Yeah, uh, cleared of any. Yeah, he. It was still said that the mutiny was wrong and that the mutineers must be punished for it. But uh, yeah, they they expressed their concerns over how cruel Captain Bly had been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the bit they left out um which happened in real life was that they didn't do that they uh they actually praised captain bly for doing such a good job and for getting back to england and getting the mutineers and everything and then sent him on a second voyage to go and do the breadfruit thing oh really (laughs) (laughs) yep and but and only by the time he got back had some more witnesses turned up and only when he got back from his second breadfruit voyage uh, did they realize how cruel and arbitrary he had been and then rebuked him and uh yeah that that was when when public opinion turned against him oh wow interesting but that's that's not great for a film (laughs) (laughs) so they didn't exaggerate how cruel it was I think they maybe did exaggerate it a bit, but not much. There yeah. was there was pretty bad stuff. Um, I think if anything, they uh, they didn't make it clear that maybe a lot of captains were like that, and yeah. he wasn't spectacularly cruel mm. for a captain. Um, but I think it I think it was agreed at least at the time that he yeah he he had been too cruel, um, and that he'd taken it too far. Fascinating. Still, though, what was it? Two, two, two and a half thousand miles. He managed to go in those in those two tiny ships, tiny boats. Is that how much? It, oh my god! Yeah, it was. It was an extraordinary mm. voyage. Uh, he really became a very good leader once he was in the little boat. He started, yeah. you know, caring for his crew at that point. Yeah. yeah, it was a really so surprising was... when he just turned back to <laughs> a dick. <laughs> well, in a way, I, that seemed to me to be the same character trait, which was being completely convinced of his right to be in charge mm. and being completely certain that he was right in all matters. Uh, and I, I think maybe when you're in a close to certain death situation like being on those boats having someone with a plan that's just completely on top of it is is really that's someone that that's what the people needed at that point uh yeah but he was compassionate and stuff as well which we just didn't see when he was on the ship i suppose so yeah on the ship he wasn't bothered about people dying was he no and he uh, he didn't care that you know about dividing food up between the men and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. What yeah, happened to why the cheese? He stole the he cheese. He it. Oh, he stole it. Yeah. yeah. Uh. And made <laughs> Fletcher uh, sign the logbook to confirm that it was all there. Wait, did he also steal the coconuts? Uh, the coconuts, I don't remember. Oh, there was something about the coconut. Uh, what, wait, that rings a bell. Yeah, can you remind us? I can't remember what happened with the coconut. Um, again, the protagonist was um, in his turn of watch, and he, well, ten coconuts disappeared. Oh yeah, I do remember this. Asked, was 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 asking about the coconuts, and I wondered, well, what yeah, what happened to the coconuts? Hmm. Maybe he had them as well. Mm. Be just like him. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad one. Yeah, that he guy, was a bad Captain egg. Captain Bly. Yeah. He'd have been a good contender for the worst villain. Best villain. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. Who was the? Yeah, he was good, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, who good. was the best villain according to us? Or who won the best villain award? Count Von Dago. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Not just a something here. It's fact <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Secret Academy decided that. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to have to say again, um, Captain Bly in the 1960s version uh, was so much more interesting and was so well played. It was superb. He was, uh, you you felt like you respected him, even though he was such a, a cruel man. Mm. Uh, and every scene with him in, he just utterly stole the scene. You couldn't stop watching him. Uh, and I, I felt this guy... He was sort of very posh sounding and a bit weak looking and mm. a bit pathetic. Yeah. And that that spoiled it a bit for me. I think they yeah, they again I'm comparing it to one of my favourite films, so that <laughs> makes it difficult. But yeah, it was it was a shame that. Yeah, he wasn't it's difficult. He was he was no, I don't know what I was going to say. There wasn't much depth to him, I suppose. He was just a bastard, mm. wasn't he? He was just awful. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until um, like the the till they got mutinied, and then he showed some good leadership and compassion. But that was short lived, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see sort of what was driving him. Mm. Um, again, that in the other film you. He he becomes obsessed with uh, with the breadfruit plants, um, and it, it's sort of his white whale. Um, <laughs> and he's yeah discarding everything in favor of those plants because he is just so uh, so certain that his job is to get that mission done, uh, and that that was somehow more engaging rather than just he's just a nasty man. Wait, could he not have gotten just some seeds and then taking those seeds back to England and then growing the the plants in England? That's a very good question. Who knows? Maybe they don't grow uh, from seedlings or something in the climate. But who yeah, knows? something like that. Or are they a plant that doesn't produce seeds? How? And you do... just have to take cuttings? You do see those? Uh-huh. But then, why would it have a fruit? Mm. No, I don't know. I do know that they did, in real life, bring something like a thousand breadfruit plants potted, and, there are uh, and only... had to try and keep them alive the whole voyage. Okay, and there are only a thousand breadfruit plants in England because you cannot <laughs> make any more out of them. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you make more? Maybe you have to plant the live breadfruit. Yeah, maybe the seeds have a very short shelf life or something. Maybe they just didn't have that many by that point in time and wanted to speed the process along by bringing back a bunch. They did have slaves (laughs) to be feeding now, you know. They had slaves to be feeding. Yeah, they weren't coming from England, were they? (laughs) They were to take them to the West Indies to feed the slaves. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Somehow a a less a less benevolent task than uh, bringing healthy sources of food to people. Yep. 
Um, it really, I didn't understand why they threw all the breadfruit plants out of the boat. No. When I was like, you're turning back to, you know, they could, they could use those where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> Not in Tahiti. No one ever ate breadfruit on Tahiti. <laughs> Clearly they're giving away all Desperately their... wanted them to be eating the bloody <laughs> breadfruit, but no. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I guess they would. Th- those those breadfruit again. This is something right. I'm gonna. This is the last time I'm gonna say this. Um, <laughs> the '60s version was better in so many ways. Uh, but one of the things was they that scene was a was quite a passionate thing of them. Yeah, they threw these breadfruit overboard, threw them at him. Oh, um, okay. Because they they were so they hated these plants because these plants were the reasons they hadn't been getting enough mm. water mm-hmm. and. Everything, all of the cruel treatment, had been, yeah, to to try and preserve these plants. Um, so it was their their final act of defiance was to throw these overboard. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. Had yeah. they been pigs, would they have also thrown the pigs to the sea? <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor pigs. Well, they. Oh, there was the one pig, wasn't there? Yeah, they just dumped it on the pile. We never saw it again. <laughs> But maybe it's oh. living its best life in Tahiti now. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe they took it home. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure it out because they sort of jokingly said, oh, a new pet for the ship. And I wasn't sure whether that was a dark joke or whether <laughs> yeah. it was actually a pet they were going to keep around. Uh, like the seagull. That was a pet, wasn't it? That they managed to catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one they pulled out of the out of the air Gee, that so that they could stroke seagull. it. Oh my god, that seagull had a rough time, didn't it? It was a live seagull. God, the 30s yeah. were a different time for animal use in films. Oh, yeah, that hadn't even occurred to me. I thought you meant like in the story, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor thing. Yeah. I was going to say, did we all enjoy seeing Clark Gable? And to, which one it took me a while to remember that it was Clark Gable. He was a Fletcher <laughs> Christian. He was okay. the hero. <laughs> yeah, he's famous, is he? He's a uh, yeah. Yes. He's pretty famous. Yeah, he's in Gone with the Wind. He's Rhett Butler. Okay, he delivers the famous line. Nice. Yeah, he's less handsome than I thought because I've seen Gone with the Wind, and in that film, he's like extremely dapper. Everyone fucking loves him. <laughs> I thought he I was really disappointed in his acting. I thought a lot of this stuff was really rubbish, particularly his <laughs> laugh. Um, oh, I don't remember. I was really excited about seeing Clark Gable. <laughs> sad. Oh, I, I quite well, liked I'm him. I had to say that bit wasn't a disappointment for me. Yeah, I thought he was good, but I mean, he was he was creepy at times. Mm-hmm. But I guess really? he's meant to be. Well, he smoulders a lot. He just where he just like point blank to <laughs> stare at the woman. What's her name? I can't remember. But the woman that he fancies mm. is just like, yeah, un- unabashedly lusting after her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I get the sense that uh, as a thirties audience, we were meant to find that romantic. Yes. <laughs> were we supposed to swoon? I think so. See the the modest love in his eyes <laughs> as he stares down her top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That so that was also harmed by the whole 
early movie acting where they think they have to act like they're on stage and really overdo everything, right? (laughs) Um, I think there was no sense of, oh, try and make it a bit more subtle than that, Clark. Um, (laughs) Just, yeah, make sure they know what you're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Smolder harder. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Who was your favourite? I like Tommy. Who was Tommy? The young guy with the kid back home. Oh, yeah. I've got a wife at home, Governor. (laughs) He didn't talk like that. No, I didn't (laughs) think he did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, he was a a good, a good, likeable, yeah, someone to, to, to keep you engaged in the story. I thought he was good. Yeah, I'm surprised. He, he seemed to think about his wife and child a lot through the film, and I'm surprised that he mutinied, because he must have thought, that's not going to go well, you know? Mm. I think that was how far they'd been pushed. <laughs> yeah. Even he mutinied. Yeah, you cannot want to mutiny, but after a a year of yeah of not knowing whether you're going to get killed the next day or be fed all of that, yeah. Perhaps also the rash action of a young man. Oh. <laughs> if I was him, I would have just sent a letter home, being like, "Sorry, you're going to have to deal with this on your own." Because if I come back, I'm going to be hanged. So I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like admitting your guilt. <laughs> um, what happened with him in the end? Was he one of the ones that was pardoned? Oh, I think he was hanged. I think that's yeah. what we were meant oh, to think. Oh, he was hanged. Yeah, okay. I think only Byam was pardoned. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Which I found a bit happy. silly. You found it silly? Just the way that they did it. Of like, uh, they just, they had this tendency in the film, I think, to just cut to the, Cut to the chase. They didn't bother filming any scenes that might link everything together. They just, whenever yeah. they needed to get somewhere, they just put it in writing of what <laughs> they're just like, we're interrupting the film. Just read this paragraph <laughs> so we can get on with it. And they did that at the end where it's like, he was pardoned. Let's, let's show a little, a little letter. I think it was the equivalent of, you know, in The Simpsons when they go, and they were saved by, oh, let's say Mo. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yes. like that. We just get this letter with this random name of this guy that we met in the beginning. <laughs> Stepped in and saved him. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, I mean, good, because, although I wish they'd just stuck to the guns and hanged him as well. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Hang them all. Hang yeah. them all. They're mutineers, for God's sake. <laughs> so, how about the um, the overall the message of the film? As Fernando pointed out, there was perhaps a, a heavy-handed moral to be found. What did we think of that? Was there? Oh no! Let's just not talk about it. I hate it. <laughs> so they. They put this huge thing up at the start saying, uh, this is a film in which a bunch of people are going to mutiny, just to let you know in advance. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. This this will <laughs> this brought about a change in in how the Royal Navy uh treated its men. 
and and then this at the bit at the end they said um this created a, a new understanding between men and officers um which was based on like respect and trust rather than based on punishment uh and that's the reason that uh <laughs> that Britain's such a great country today um <clears throat> and it's much fairer and better isn't it uh so I, th- I think that's what they were going for was just it if you treat people well uh you get better results and everyone's happier than if you uh try and just use the stick and punish them yeah it was very much like gosh should we have something to say before i start talking but <laughs> it was i think it's fine yes someone else say something i don't know yeah I did not. Uh, I, I, I I did not think that the message was clear, and that there was a clear uh, thing, something to be learned from the movie itself. As in, I, I think it was only clear that maybe his actions were wrong, but it was not clear how or what changed, and uh, yeah, and how it did change after that incident also i don't think that it probably changed after just one incident maybe that was the beginning but surely some other developments must have happened as well to have a radical change in the navy right Mm. does the 1960s i know we're not talking about it but does does the 1960s version explain this any better like does it have a clearer moral or is it the same moral no it it very much it, yeah it doesn't really do the whole moral thing it right. focuses on how characters feel and how they develop and gives them arcs but it yeah it doesn't it's just an epic mm. uh i think we yeah we we very much yeah no it's a lot more subtle and it certainly doesn't have a big thing at the start and end telling you what to make <laughs> of it um it makes it a lot easier if they just tell you what to think you don't yeah. have to work as hard by the way, Aslan is supposed to be Jesus. <laughs> just print that in the, on the title card. <laughs> I'm all for it. Just guide you through. <laughs> we could have like a big sign that comes up and says, "This is the baddie." And you like <laughs> they essentially this man. did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yes. They had him be squat and greasy looking and. <laughs> Everything he said was evil. <laughs> yeah. And we we had that speech as well, didn't we, after the guy had been sentenced to death, uh, the one officer that was... Mm, I am. ...that was seen to be complicit in the mutiny, even though he, he wasn't really. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what was his name? Bayam, was it? Yeah, that sounds right. Mm. Um, yeah, they... They sort of asked him, do, "Do you have any last words?" And he and they zoomed like right in on him and had him do this big rehearsed speech on if just one man was uh, was willing to motivate the men with uh, with encouragement and rewards, then that man would be able to sweep the navy and uh, and command an army that the world has never seen. And uh, yeah, did did this whole this whole big speech, which to me seemed to be the voice of the the voice of the director or the voice of the writers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can pretty see good that. speech though. 
Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah. And yeah, I think had had something to be said for it. Um, I did. I couldn't help but laugh. Um, uh, the the absurdly patriotic British stuff, oh. uh, <laughs> like at the beginning, at the end, um, where they like full on play rule Britannia, and I think in <laughs> in the second case have like a chorus singing rule Britannia. Uh, yeah, my sister. And came they said through. something like. I was like, why right. are you playing Rule Britannia? It's like, I watched a film. <laughs> Watching a film about the greatest navy ever to sail the seas. This was before I got into the bath, by the way. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Although, yeah, why are you listening to Rule Britannia in the bath would be just as good a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, possibly knock first, though. <laughs> I recommend watching all um, films about the sea in the bath, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a, quite a nice idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was kind of interesting, yeah, when they did this bit at the start saying that this was the incident that uh, changed the way the Navy works and led to uh, the great British Navy that, uh, that rules the seas and ke- keeps merchants safe across the world <laughs> as they... Um, and then I had to think, oh, this was actually at the tail end of that. 1935 was pretty much the last time the UK really did have naval dominance across the entire world. Um, and it, it was kind of interesting seeing that this sort of, yeah, a film that was not looking at this historically, but was saying, and the result of this is today we have the greatest <laughs> navy. And it, that that sort of seemed to give it some extra extra significance somehow. Did anyone feel that? I didn't pick up on it, but now that you're saying it, it that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just that we lose something the, the further we get away from a historical yeah. uh, event, the the less relevant it is to us. Uh, and it was quite nice that it was just that little bit more relevant to audiences back then. Yeah, it makes it sort of more transparent their choices to do that and to put this very heavy moral <laughs> spin on. Yeah. Yeah. The bloody presentists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe it's better now because we're not influenced by it and we can have a more rounded view that's of what true. happened. Yeah. Uh cuz we don't take sides so easily. <laughs> Why does Britannia not still rule the sea? Second World War, I think. Um which Britain sort of won by the skin of her teeth. Thanks to huge help from uh, America that established itself as uh, as the superpower, mm. and they didn't just give us the waves back. <laughs> no, well, I think by that point we didn't so much want it anyway. You think? Um, I've I, no idea. Why not? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the colonies were being given up around then, partly because they were <laughs> uh, less profitable. And partly because it's the right thing to do, I think. I think it was a, a mixture of those two different things. Uh, yeah, we we don't have an empire anymore, so why we, we don't have the resources or the the need to have a a world beating navy with with this tiny island with sixty million people on it out of a population of seven billion. We we're, we're just not that important anymore. Not with that attitude, we're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did anyone else in school get the whole, we used to own five 
a fifth of the world. Now we don't. What a shame. Went in like primary school. I didn't get that. Oh, I did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fine as long as, as you still get, uh, as, 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 as long as you still understand that Britain is still the center of the earth. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's scientific fact, right? The uh, the Greenwich Meridian just goes goes straight through London. Mm-hmm. Indeed, um, I think that we should just redefine where the equator is to listen, so that it also passes <laughs> through uh, through Britain, and Good so yeah. Britain would literally be at the center. Yes, I thought the center of the Earth was Atlantis. That'd be perfect. Oh yes, sorry. <laughs> 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 and your rings all come falling off because of the <laughs> magnetic something. Magnetic pool of the two poles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> Did we enjoy the techno babble? No, just you, Michael. <laughs> I love this in films <laughs> and the. the the so that like in Star Trek they'll they'll be all oh we've been hit by a phaser captain reroute auxiliary power through the main phase vessels oh, and just yeah, say okay. a load of stuff that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But naval stuff has been doing this for centuries. It's amazing. <laughs> it, he'll do this thing where they're, like they're sailing away and they're playing the triumphant music, and the captain will go, "Okay, number one, hoist up the jibsails, <laughs> man the topsails, drop the anchor, weigh the anchor, and open all port bow starboard vessels." And they're just saying all of these crazy words, and I'm constantly surprised by how many of these words exist and how completely meaningless it all is. Um, in fact, I got this. I was. It was after we watched the Count of Monte Cristo. Maybe I should find this. I'm going to find it now. It we watched the Count of Monte Cristo, right? Uh-huh. Um and Laura said that she was reading it. Uh-huh. Yes. And I started reading it as well. Did you? And I broke down laughing in the first chapter <laughs> because of one of these bits. Let let me find it. Uh yeah, yeah, here it is. Um <laughs> It says, so turn, this is this is Edmond Dantes. Turning to the crew, he said, bear a hand there to take in sail. All hands obeyed, and at once the eight or ten seamen who composed the crew sprang to their respective stations at the spanker brails and outhaul, topsail sheets and halyards, the jib down hall, and the topsail clue lines and bunt lines. <laughs> like, who wrote this stuff? I... And that's all oh, real. This is... I, I assume it's all yeah, real. I just made up all that nonsense babble. Like, surely not, because he'd have had to make up nonsense babble in French, and the translator <laughs> would have had to make up nonsense <laughs> babble to translate it into. So I assume that's all legit, but it's just... I, I just love seeing it in these things, cause <laughs> where, where they, they all spring into action, and they all start <laughs> hoisting up the clue lines and bunt lines. And, yeah, <laughs> it's my favourite. So, in fact, that was the one thing I said to Claire while we were watching the films. When they started on all that, I said, I promise this isn't the reason I picked this book. <laughs> I know oh, that it really great. was. So. I've never noticed. Well, I mean, obviously you notice it, but you never think. It's never tickled me 
really. But I'm going to watch out for it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you will. I, I mean, the ideal one is where the captain is talking to the first mate. Right. And he'll, like, say something in a quiet, captainly voice. And then the first mate will bellow it out to all of the sea- <laughs> the, the sailors. Um yeah, it's so good. I'm having trouble imagining that. Could you uh, maybe demonstrate <laughs> for us? <laughs> so, so I'll go. Uh, I, gee, I can't remember all of the shit now. Yeah, I'll go load the starboard broadside number one, and he'll go load starboard broadsides. <laughs> <laughs> Take down the topsail number one. Take down the topsails. Yeah, I, and they could be saying anything. Uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's good. Also, thanks, Claire, for and making there's a good that bit. <laughs> and there's a bit of that in the 60s version as well. <laughs> I imagine it's an all-sea film. If it's Navy language, yeah. they're going to have to communicate to each other. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I imagine some films, they just try and sort of focus on the characters rather than focusing on that's like, true, yeah. men shouting out instructions, <laughs> but that's what we want, really, isn't it? <laughs> They do that in Pirates of the Caribbean. I remember. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is my only other sea voyage <laughs> film that I've seen, I think. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. It's a shame Jaws is set on such a small I boat because there's only three of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really got sails and stuff either, has it? It's always No. Always yeah. no clue lines to bunt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, what did we think of Tahiti? Yeah, what I... It's very pretty. It's yep. a good place. Mm. I... It looked beautiful. Everyone says it's beautiful, don't they? Mm. Wait, Tahiti's a real place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't just make it up for the film. I don't think the Tahitians. Is that the name yeah. for people yep. from Tahiti? Uh, I don't think they would be that happy to see British people it was a bit arriving on a boat. Romanticised, wasn't it? Uh, probably, no, no, I imagine so. I looked into this. Because, um, <laughs> again, as I said, I, I'm, I really like this story. I find it, yeah. find it quite interesting. Um, it seems... A lot of it was was pretty straight, at least the early part. Um, they really did welcome them and like sent out boats to to welcome them in and stuff. And they had a very good relationship with the British, partly based on uh, they talked about Captain Cook a few times, mm. Mm. Um, who was not too popular with uh, some other groups around the world, <laughs> um, not least the Maori yep. in New Zealand. He killed half of, but. Um, yeah, he he was on very good terms with the Tahitians, uh, and yeah, it seems they again they went. To, no, I'm going to stop saying that now. Um, yeah, they. <laughs> uh, know, they think, they I really think they did might go into more detail on it in the 1960s version. <laughs> well, you may say that uh, I couldn't possibly comment. Um, yeah, that they, they. It seems they did genuinely a lot of them enter various kinds of uh, yeah, consensual relationships with the sailors who were coming. And they were, yeah, they got all of these uh, jewels and stuff um, that were their gift 
in return for these breadfruits, and they were quite happy to um, to do all of that. And yeah, they they it seems they all got on very well. According um, to who? According to Wikipedia <laughs> and any sources we can find, it it all went very badly wrong a bit later though, and the film did not go into that at all. Um, I think possibly in an attempt to to make the mutineers seem like really top blokes. Um, that, Which they were. Yeah. This was a simple film. <laughs> <laughs> this was a simple film, and this simple film relied on Captain Bly being evil and the mutineers being good. Mm, yes. And the mutineers were actually pretty rotten in quite a lot of ways. They mutinied. Uh, they mutinied. <laughs> Maybe that was justified. But yeah, so they mutinied, uh, and then they went back to Tahiti and it it seems they were welcomed mm-hmm. um <laughs> and they yeah went and went and met up with their <laughs> different you know wives or girlfriends that they had uh, had met on the island and they they lied to the i forget his name now um the the leader mm. um and indeed they lied to all the others and said uh, so we've come back. Um, Captain Bly went somewhere else, but we've come back uh, to come and uh, to come and ask you, some of you guys, if you want to come with us, because we're setting up a new colony. Um, Captain Bly and King George and uh, Captain Cook, they were doing all this uh. name dropping, uh, want to set up a new colony on so and so island. Um, will you all come with us, and we can found a colony together? And a bunch of them, yeah, did go with them. They went off uh, sailing to another island um, and then got in a really terrible situation there because there were a load of people already there who were nowhere near as friendly and they ended up having, like, a pitched battle Mm. with them as they were trying to build a castle and stuff. Ended up abandoning the island and going back to Tahiti. By which point other people had come to Tahiti and told them the truth about what had really happened <gasps> oh, with Captain Bly my God. and Captain Cook, who was maybe dead by this point or, or something. But basically that this was a complete lie. They were mutineers. <laughs> so the mutineers got back and they were like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> and it was a, a lot more fraught from that point. And I think there was a certain amount of yeah violence and nasty stuff. But they they were still kind of connected in some way um, and they still sort of got on all right in certain times. And then the the, the most terrible thing that I think they did was um, they, they realised they needed to sail away and find somewhere else to live. Um, they invited a whole load of them on board the mutiny for a party and then one night they just cut the anchor and sailed away oh, with everyone on board, what? just took them captive. And and it appears that yeah, you know, a, a large number of them were not happy about this, <laughs> uh, and and were totally just kidnapped and taken away to another island, Fucking never to hell. see their families again. Um, but again, th- th- there's something I kind of want to do more reading about this, like beyond Wikipedia, which is more than I ever do about any subject. Mm. <laughs> um, but because it, it it still seems that some of them, maybe some of them, were in on that. And some of them, again, some of them were like married to, to the the mutineers, or were very good friends, and that that kind of thing. 
Um, but yeah, definitely there was a lot of bad blood from there. And then when they actually finally settled down on on Norfolk Island over the next few years, there was loads of violence and murders and revenge murders uh, between the Tahitians and the uh, the mutineers and also between like some of the yeah it was it was it was really sordid uh i think the the mutineers were were increasingly seeing the tahitians that they had kidnapped as their property and so a bunch of the tahitians got together and decided to murder them and did this uh yeah like planned a massive coordinated let's kill them all at one time killed like five or six of the mutineers and then like a year later um, some combination of the remaining mutineers and the widows, like the Tahitian widows of the mutineers that had been killed, plotted counter murders and all this stuff. It was just, yeah, it was horrendous, a really, really sordid chapter. Uh, God. And they, yeah, it made watching this film and seeing like the the heroic mutineers <laughs> who uh, did what they had to do and, and made the, the good old British Navy what it is today. Um, yeah, they they were not not entirely nice blokes. God, it would be a great film if the first half was the mutiny and we see them as heroes and then the next half just destroys it all and just is this chaotic... Mm. Why is the film about the settlement? Oh, yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. Mutiny yeah. to not on the bounty. <laughs> <laughs> mutiny off the bounty. <laughs> <laughs> Mutiny on the Bounty 2, who's sailing now? <laughs> uh, um, Mutiny on the Bounty 2, ship in the city. <laughs> <laughs> to, I might as well conclude the story now. Uh, after all of that had happened within, yeah, with, uh, by the way, they also figured out how to make alcohol and that caused a lot of problems on the island as well. Um, but they... Uh, yeah, when the, uh, after a few years, there was only one of the original mutineers left and a whole load of Tahitians and a whole load of children because uh, all of these were, were like active marriages that had a load of children that were, yeah, mixed race and mixed identity. And this one guy that was left uh, found God, basically, in a big way um, and using the ship's Bible established a pretty sound peace and got everybody, like, defused all the weird tensions between all the different people that were left and established a pretty peaceful community. Hmm. Uh, and he was eventually, they were, they were found maybe 20 years after the mutiny by some, by what one of the British found them and decided to, that it wouldn't be worth pursuing him, basically pardoned him um, and left that, that community in peace. And uh, they're still there. There's about 50 of them. Oh, well. Uh, living on Norfolk Island, um, or no, sorry, Pitcairn Island, hmm. and um, they speak a, a weird Creole, which is a, a yeah, a mix between uh, Tahitian and English, and uh, yeah, they they do fine. This were a super isolated community um, that's just descended from yeah the the Bounty Mutineers and their their Tahitian. Captives. God, that's beautiful. Yeah, what a great story! A horrible story, but yeah, yeah. we should go there after yeah. Can. 
I think no, we should go, yes. <laughs> very nearly the most remote place that you can get to. But uh, some so in the last couple of decades they were putting out um putting out requests for new settlers uh because their the community was sort of a bit in decline and apparently they're all they all kind of fit into three or four main families now and they yeah they so a chemistry they, they wanted fresh blood <laughs> i think there is not a chemistry uh, department i probably won't be able to get a job <laughs> <laughs> that the pacific is like the native home of anthropology so i might be all right oh yeah i mean oh, it's not great to be honest it's very colonial but right uh, sounds like the yeah, ticket but they talk the guy talks about what's the book called guns germs and steel he talks a lot about um the pacific islands right in terms of like uh migration and um like yeah human civilizations developing in isolation it's a very good case study apparently for stuff like that okay it's a good book wow was the language they were speaking actually the Tahitian language the language we saw them speaking in the film yes I think I don't know you know the the chief you think he, I think he was from Tahiti, the actor. So you would imagine mm-hmm. okay. that if they'd gone to the trouble of getting a Tahitian actor to play the chief, that they would go to the trouble of making yeah. sure the language was accurate. But who knows with these people? I mean, the other the women were so. not from Tahiti, I don't think. No. Oh, right. I think one was from Hawaii and the other one was of Mexican descent and American. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did it because I was curious. Oh, well. I thought... Um, if they'd bother to go and get Tahitian people. But um, those actresses were very famous for playing, like, ex- exoticized sort of women of, of okay. any <laughs> ethnicity <gasps> and race. Un- <laughs> were they in Papillon? I don't know. <laughs> What's Papillon? Uh, it's a story about a French prisoner who is exiled to some of the Caribbean islands that the French used to send people to. um, And he escaped and spent... Well, it's based on his autobiography, so it is uh, disputed just how true certain elements are. Mm. Um, But yeah, he (laughs) apparently lived in a village with some attractive exotic looking people for a while (laughs) and it's just occurred to me that it might be the same same woman pair of sisters that film who both fall in love with him oh yeah i should just a handsome man wasn't they yeah i think that film was about 30 years newer wasn't it was it oh yeah it was robert redford wasn't it yeah okay yeah (laughs) Probably not then, then. <laughs> so I take it they didn't shoot on location in Tahiti? Don't know. I mean, they may have done. They obviously shoot, like, shot it somewhere that of 
Was it Cornwall? Not sure. Yeah, it was probably Cornwall, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand, that's where everything's filmed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Any of this, if they had gone into more detail, that might have been interesting. Yeah, but on the one hand, it was a it yeah. was a very watchable film. I think as well, it was a very simple film, like you said, Claire. It was a very yeah. like here are the goodies. Something bad's going to happen to them. <laughs> They're going to set right some wrongs and don't worry too much about it. <laughs> yep. If you're having trouble keeping up, here's a little paragraph to get you all up to speed. <laughs> 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 quite like that, actually. I wish more films did that. <laughs> well, you have Star Wars. <laughs> That's yeah. true. It only does it at the beginning, oh, yes. though. That's true, actually. That is a good parallel. It does do that. It even scrolled up at the beginning, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was quite <Yeah>. good. <laughs> but instead of John Williams, it's Rule Britannia. <laughs> That's what Star Wars needs. More British patriotism. Imperial patriotism, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Star Wars was before the United Kingdom existed. It was a long time ago, wasn't it? A galaxy far, far away. So far away, the British Empire didn't didn't even reach that far. The British Empire has always existed. Maybe. It was some kind of empire, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the British Empire with the baddies in Star Wars. Yeah. What? Like in this film? Yeah. Terrible. The, whoa, 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 whoa. That's just the evil empire, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something I don't know, that? I've never seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you not? No, no. you have. What? <laughs> I've not. Well, you actually not. I've actually not. <laughs> Michael, I've seen one of being them. serious? Which, I mean, surely yeah, Star yeah, Wars... Yeah, no, she's serious. She's never seen what them. What the fuck? No, I've seen the one with it. It's just like reading the Bible. I mean, you know that it exists, but nobody <laughs> has ever read the Bible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, there's the one with the the laser crossbows. I've seen that. Yes, you saw episode seven, the one that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. I fell asleep um, in the cinema. I, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's going to end up getting chosen. No nope. wonder. I wonder if you can choose the the not as in all nine films as just one film. So you just say the, the, the Star Wars trilogy collection, the tri trilogy. <laughs> I think we should be allowed to do that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Great! I pick every episode of House. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, any final thoughts about uh, about mutiny on the bounty? I'm sure, I did have a final thought, but now I can't remember what it is. Oh, sorry. Would you? Have I'm mutinied? glad you all enjoyed it. Oh, what, I think I would have done. Would you have mutinied? No, but I also would not have joined the navy. 
Well, what if you were pressed? <laughs> you were just a... Yeah. Oh, that is true. I guess you. I would have been conscripted. <laughs> um, no, I think I would not have. You, you would have gotten into the boat. I would have. Um, yeah, I guess. So yes. <laughs> Interesting. Clear. What would? I don't know what I would have done. Like, I like to think I would have mutinied and done what I thought was morally correct, but also I don't like causing trouble. Um, and <laughs> mm. also, I wouldn't have wanted to get in the little boat. So I think <laughs> I'd have waited till the little boat filled up <laughs> and then said, oh, actually, I don't mutiny, and then got to stay <laughs> on the big boat. <laughs> but also know that I hadn't technically broken the rules. No, Admirable. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The real hero's journey. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. one writes stories about that guy, do they? <laughs> uh, yeah. What would you have done, Laura? Oh, 100% of mutinies. Would you have just thrown <laughs> Bly off the boat? I'm very easily led and I get real swept up in a crowd, so yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that I would have been swept along in that. For no moral reason, just to like, oh, is, that, is this what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're changing pubs. All right. Okay. <laughs> I could tell that was the case from the way that you questioned Fernando. Said, so would you have mutinied? And he said no. And you're like, huh. <laughs> it, in, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you'd have mutinied, Michael, you reckon? I think so. Whoa. <laughs> I think with all of the... Yeah, what, once the people were actually getting killed, that's not just, this is a bit of a rough job. Let's see what happens when we get back to England. That's sort of, this is truly wrong. Um, yeah, having that island paradise quite nearby with all the beautiful people and delicious <laughs> fruits and... All that kind of stuff. Uh, that that would have made it even more tempting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know what we've not talked about. Which, and I know I say this for every film, but I am, and uh, or whatever his name was, and um, Clark Gable were totally in love. Happy to end there with no discussion. <laughs> but yeah, this was a gay romance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the, the? Are you thinking of the scene where they're like lying under the tree so together, and passing each other bananas? End of, end of podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this gazing into each other's eyes sometimes. Yeah. The banana thing. Yeah. That's a metaphor. Um. <laughs> it was really good. Whether whether it's like a crude metaphor or whatever, yeah. but, it, but it it was great how he's like, I want a banana. <laughs> I'm going to grab two and just give the other guy one of them. And of course he wants it. They're just that in tune. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was lovely. Yeah. Just hanging out, eating bananas yeah. together. <laughs> just guys being pals. I thought that was also quite a good, um, quite a good symbol of like, okay, we get it. Tahiti is wonderful. Not just like, you can't even lie down somewhere without having <laughs> random fresh fruit growing immediately to hand, <laughs> always ripe. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't even have to sit up to get it. 
That was a nice touch. That's a wife, isn't it? Yeah. This is why we should go. Post can. I'd be up for that. Yeah. I I had one other note, and it was when the ship was sinking. There was a guy standing on deck just drumming. Yeah, and I have <laughs> no idea off. why that would be a thing. Like all it can possibly do is increase anxiety. Like <laughs> that is the last thing anyone needs on a sinking ship. Wait, <laughs> have you not seen Titanic? That's when they has the, they have the orchestra play, don't they? Well, they didn't well, have an orchestra. The same thing, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it was just like playing... soothing, entertaining music. Yeah. Not like stirring drum beats to get <laughs> your heart rate raised. <laughs> I got the impression it was that the drummer was giving orders somehow. Like the, this particular rhythm means everyone get out from below, oh. and like it, it was somehow orchestrating people's movements. I got the, a similar sense. impression that it was like to regulate so that people didn't just panic in a rush. It was like a just move along to the slow sort of drum beat kind of thing. You know, if you've yeah. got a rhythm, then you kind of move along to that. I don't know though because maybe he was just he did get dragged off in the end, so maybe he was just drumming away, thought he was going to die, just. Have another bash on your drums, mate. <laughs> I'm going to drown anyway. I might as well have a little bang on my drum. Yeah, maybe that was his way of coping with the situation. Yeah. <laughs> right, last thing. Drum away the yeah. pain. <laughs> last, last thing. Can we think of any parallels in popular fiction or media that we could possibly compare Captain Bly to? Potentially at the end. <laughs> so, so there's one <laughs> that I can think of. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I can't possibly. Uh, are there any others? Hmm. <laughs> no. So Fletcher Christian is Jesus. Oh, yeah, obviously. And the whale. It's not often that they're, and the whale. That they're Jesus and the whale. No, the- <laughs> the the whale is uh is the the breadfruit. In yeah, in your nineteen sixties version, maybe. But oh, the whale, yeah, okay. yeah, we don't really see that in this. Captain Bly literally runs his ship like destroys his ship and risks the life on the second voyage to try and find Christian. That's true. Yeah, yeah, he's Oh yeah. Christian. Yeah, Christian is the whale, you're right. Yeah. And Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's all that's I've got. That's me, I'm done, yeah. Thanks for picking it. I really, I did enjoy it. It was a good watch. Yeah. I'm really glad. Yeah. I thought I might have hit a dud there. Nah, it was good fun. Yep, good film. Shall I play the music? Yeah. Okay.